Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 89 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Sunday, August 22nd. We are relaxing right now with some Cleveland's Giants preseason football, uh, getting ready for the full moon tonight, and recovering from Vax Dose number two this weekend. Yeah, that thing kicked my ass. Yeah, it did. Mine too. Mine too. That was terrible. I mean, hopefully at the end of the day, it's for a better cause, right? But that was brutal on Friday. But Giants-Browns, preseason game. Daniel Jones, I don't believe, played. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Long weekend. A lot of wrestling. A lot of great wrestling. Exciting weekend. CM Punk shows up on Friday, which is the biggest deal. Obviously, wanted to get it out as fast as possible. But yesterday, we still were feeling pretty shitty. But yeah. I'm glad that in the two days or whatever, we felt significantly better than we did, obviously, on Friday. So, I mean, I'm glad that we've recovered pretty quickly. We want to get the podcast out as soon as possible. Want to make sure it's out for this week. Obviously, big dynamite. A lot of 2.0 Daniel Garcia stuff these past two weeks. These guys are very prominently featured. Well, last week I had asked, uh, you know, is 2.0 signed? And shortly after we released the podcast, they did get signed with AEW. So now they are all elite. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll just go ahead. There's lots to talk about, so we'll just dive into the recap. And there's also this disaster, I mean, and it's tough, but I mean, we can also talk about, I mean, everybody was sitting here last night, biggest show yesterday was SummerSlam. So, I mean, you're talking about, you have Dynamite and Rampage and SummerSlam, CM Punk, now, I I guess, whatever, uh, Brock Lesnar came back last night. I mean, guys... I, I mean, obviously, it's fresh on the mind. How do you, how do you watch this? And I, I feel bad because you see so many people online that are like, you know, the show was fantastic last night. The SummerSlam was fantastic last night. And it's like, how? I, 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 that show was terrible from top down last night. They had a solid match between Seth and Edge, which, again, just a match that they can, you know, throw a couple, uh, I guess, like, you know, brood shit in it to get some cheap pops from the older crowd. I mean, I don't... Just a couple vintage commentary pieces. The best match was like Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg, which was just a nightmare, but it was actually a wrestling match. They tied up. And then they proceeded to like literally almost murder each other. And at one point, I think the commentator, Bobby Lashley, is hitting Goldberg with a chair in the leg. And the commentator goes, he's going to do more than end his career. He's going to kill him? (laughs) Like, what the hell is going to happen? Drew McIntyre is running around trying to kill Jinder Mahal with a sword. That's their baby face. He he tries to... Drew is the baby face. Oh, no. You can never hinder Jinder. Never. Never. But he's trying to kill somebody with a sword, and he's getting pops for it. This is crazy. He's a murderer. I didn't... Watch the show. Terrible. Um, I don't have anything to say, but to those who went and watched and enjoyed, you know, I I hope that people had a good time, of course, but I don't have anything to say. Look, the reason why I wanted to bring it up was because I watched the show yesterday. We had people that came over. Obviously, you know, it was something to do with your friends. We were watching it. But from not watching WWE, we watched the Money in the Bank show because we had a friend here that was that was here, watched Money in the Bank show. We watched the Royal Rumble. And those are two matches. Those are two specific shows that are generally easy to watch. The Royal Rumble has a specific pace to it, but they're not really wrestling matches, right? They're kind of gimmick matches. They're big matches. They're fun to watch. They're very enjoyable. I like Money in the Bank. Everybody likes multi-man ladder matches. I like the Royal Rumble. It's always fun to see who's going to be in it, who's going to win it, right? Those are two things that are exciting. And so we've had this opportunity now to sit and watch this. They don't wrestle in WWE anymore. 
John Cena fought Roman Reigns in the main event, and there were seven moves in 15 minutes. They don't wrestle anymore. This is, I, I, I can't even fathom how this booking went. I mean, obviously, the booking is questionable. Bianca Belair was buried last night. That, the one thing I do have to comment on, that was awful. What the fuck is going on on these tell? Like, how do you run a wrestling show like this? Listen, Becky comes back. I, I know there was, obviously, Sasha Banks couldn't compete. So, so Becky returns. She wins the belt. Sure. Okay. But to bury Bianca like that? What the hell? You built this woman up. You brought her to WrestleMania. You gave her the main event. She's putting on work. She has to wrestle Carmella for fucking eight straight weeks, according to our friend. Because, again, I don't watch it. So he said that she's faced Carmella 50,000 times. This woman is carrying these programs. She's working Sasha Banks. This is a young woman, which is like 31 years old, or whatever old she was, young, entering her prime of her career, big-time star, women's champion. This thing's a nightmare from top down. Sasha Banks is advertised throughout this entire event, sells the tickets to this event, these poor people. They get to the show, oh yeah, Sasha Banks can't come, here comes Carmella. Well, we're going to supplement it, don't worry guys, we're going to give you Becky Lynch. How about if you just don't even do that? You just say Sasha's out, and you say Bianca Belair is going to have a mystery opponent come to pay-per-view. Everybody can get excited that it's going to be Becky Lynch. Of course it's going to be Becky Lynch. You get excited to come into it, they anticipate it, they, get, they, they cheer for it, just like the CM Punk thing. Everybody knew CM Punk was coming. Yeah, we'll talk about that in, in a bit, but I just, I thought that was terrible in terms of the way the, if you even want to call it a match, was structured. It was terrible. It was terrible. How Now, I understand she's young enough. She has. I mean, look, she's got a good 10 years left as a, a top star. But you're talking about, you, so you can rebuild her. But this was stupid. This was terrible. You couldn't even give them a wrestling match. Like, look, I'm a fan, as I've said this before, people can lose matches, and it's sort of what AEW's kind of having an issue with right now. People can lose matches. You don't have to have jobbers all the time take the, you know, eat the pinfalls. Of course. But there's no reason why they couldn't have had a five-minute match if Becky wasn't ready. She hit one move. Something. I mean, the crowd is standing there watching because, of course, they're a little confused. They pop for Becky Lynch, but who knows at the end of the day because they pump in the fucking sounds. But, you know, she comes out. The crowd is watching because they can't hear the commentary. So she's beating up Carmella. They're like, all right, uh, you know, are we having a match? Are we not having a match? You know, and, you know, the commentary is telling us at home. Then they decide they're going to have a match. They have weird camera angles because, of course, the cameramen couldn't, couldn't make that bend. Oh, my they God. They kept wiping the fuck out. <laughs> One guy fucking in the main event, right? Yeah, Fell? wiped the fuck out. I hope they can't okay. make that turn. Oh, man. So... Becky hits one move, hits like a fucking Uranagi, and pins her. You can't even call it a rock bottom because she didn't. It was like it was just a fucking up down pin. That's it. And they wanna they wanna say that this the reason why this happened was because oh she wasn't prepared. She wasn't expecting it. WWE. I mean, Eva Marie was pinned on a fucking DDT in the earlier in the show. That's because this match was fucking abysmal. And. Alexa Bliss is some type of like demonic possessive character. She's got this little doll. And she's like looking in the audience for people that have the dolls. And everyone's like, yeah, we don't, we don't have it, Alexa. And she like fucking, even where he wrestled yesterday, she gives her a fucking DDT and just like pin me. Just, just fucking pin me. And it's like, I mean, this was like, the women's representation last night was piss poor. Like they did not give them a chance to wrestle. The triple threat was good. I mean, it, you know, the triple threat was good. Rhea, I like Rhea a lot. She just misses her spots, but that's stuff that she's so young, she'll fine-tune that, it won't be. And Charlotte, I mean, just crushed Nikki's head against the fucking guardrail. I don't know if anybody else saw that. She did some top-twisting thing and just sandwiched Nikki's head against the guardrail. Well, that was just... Accident. Placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oof, I I saw that and was like, oh boy, that must have hurt. That was just, they were were in that spot. Yeah, just crushed her head against the wall. But that match was better than the other. I just don't understand this. You know, you gave three women's matches. You gave three slots, which is fantastic. And the only match that got time was the triple threat, which ended up being a very good match. But, I mean, this was just, I don't know, man. And people liked that. I understand Becky Lynch is back, and that's exciting. But why did it have to come at the expense 
of this young athlete that you're building. At a burial like that, I don't know. At that, that level, I did exactly. Not, wasn't even a five-minute like... match. Oh, she caught me off guard. We're going to wrestle at Extreme Rules. Okay, I guess we'll it's just... I, I guess. I don't know. It's. I, I don't know, but that's... That, it's not for us. No, and that's the thing I was saying. It's just like, I can't believe... That, you know, when you watch, I guess, AEW New Japan for as long as we have, I mean, just really moved away from WWE as a whole collective. And you, you watch this show, and I, I cannot fathom how people now watch this programming. I, I, I can't fathom it. There's no wrestling on this show. The biggest match of the night, John Cena versus Roman Reigns, just it was like a Hogan match from 85, where it's like, you know, a couple of Hulk ups, drop a leg, and the match is over. It's like, but we've moved beyond that. Bobby Lashley and Goldberg tried to have a wrestling match last night, and it was... Uh, at one point, I thought Goldberg had a heart attack. He got, like, hit in the knee, and he slammed his face because he couldn't flip over. He just straight-up dutes his face against the middle of the ring, and then he grabs his chest, and I'm like, oh, shit. He's fucking dying. And he starts rolling out of the ring, and the ref is kind of, like, chasing him, and I'm like, oh, my God. Your commentary... Had me had me laughing last I, night. I was like, "Oh my god, no!" I was working. He's on gonna have a heart attack. Some craft pro some craft projects. So I wasn't paying too much attention. But your commentary was was enjoyable. But that was not really a highlight of our weekend. Uh, we had GCW off the rails, which was yeah. Matt fun. Cardona took on Sam Stackhouse, I believe his name that was. That was terrific. Was crazy. That's the biggest man I think I've ever seen move that swiftly. Matt Cardona's dressed like Vince McMahon circa 2007. He cuts this like scathing promo. He picks the biggest dude who he thinks he's going to roll over. Of course, it's, you know, plant. This guy gets in the ring. He's like the biggest dude I've ever seen. He's like shoot 6'5", like 500 pounds. This guy's enormous. And he's doing spinning wheel kicks and moonsaults and suicide dives. This match was nuts. <laughs> this match was nuts. That was, yeah, one of the highlights of the evening. Your GCW champion, Matt Cardona. is on fire right now. We'll get to see him soon, hopefully, at yeah, the Yeah, Cardona LA City is shows. on fire right now. Uh, maybe at Art of War Games. But uh, lots, lots more to talk about. So we'll just go ahead and dive in. Uh, we digress. Dynamite opened up this week with tornado tag action. We had Sting and Darby versus 2.0, who we discussed uh, are recently signed to AEW now. Yeah, I I don't know much about it. We talked about this before. It's like 2.0, obviously they're kind of squashed, but they don't, like we said, they don't miss their spots. No, they I, th do, I they, think they're engaging in the ring. They're doing, they do a very nice job. They, they take bumps like a champ. They really don't, they, they look clean. They look, they work very clean. And yet a tornado tag, Sting gets in there, takes a table bump, no sells, the crowd goes nuts. This was great. This whole segment was hot, good. I mean, was good. I mean, uh, Mox starts, they attack him from behind, which sets up the Rampage match against Daniel Garcia. And that Garcia. got the crowd very rowdy, because you don't fuck with the Mox man. No, this was good. This yeah. was well done. He attacks him, then you have Eddie Kingston, these guys. It's kind of like this little karaoke crew kind of faction going love on. Love it. Here. We love it very much. And as we talked about last week, if... If that's going to be the eventual or let's say the inaugural uh, trios tag champions, Mox, Kingston, and Darby with Sting, I mean, that is fucking stacked right there. Yeah, I, I don't, again, we don't know much about 2.0. It's kind of shocking in a way that these guys in AEW were like, I need these guys. I got to sign them, got to use them. They've been on the show every single week. Obviously, Daniel Garcia, who has a match against Moxley at Rampage, turned out to be a, a very good match. Not what I thought it was going to be. As he said, Moxley, you know, I mean, he, was, he wasn't going to tap out. And he didn't. Well, Mox threatened murder. He did, yeah. Um, he also, what, what did he say? That he had a better chance of getting impregnated by Daniel Garcia than him winning the match or something like that? Something like that. Crazy. Well, if you want to get murdered, I mean, Drew McIntyre is swinging that sword, so be M careful. MDK. All fucking yeah. day. <laughs> but it, it, this was good. I mean, I, it was it was a good way to start it up. I mean, then you had the tornado tag, 2.0 bumps. Like I, like I said, I, I they really are clean. They take bumps really clean. They're in the right positions. They got a double scorpion death lock yep. and they tapped. Sting had the table bump. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a it was a 
great, great, great way to open. It was hot. Got the crowd into it. It sets up what could potentially be another trios team. Yep. That could yeah. take these championships and just kind of start a little run with it. Just to kind of introduce it. You want to get, you know, if you want to do Mox and Darby and, you know, Eddie or even Sting. Sting could be champion. Why not? It's a trios tag. Sure. Sting's looked fantastic. I mean, Sting looks so good. Sting moves so well. It's like, it, it's shocking that at 62 years old and being told that like, hey, you know, Sting can't go. Obviously, we said double or nothing. It was amazing. But it was like, you know, being told for how many years we're getting pumped. Oh, yeah, Sting can't work anymore. Sting can't work anymore. The guy's working great. Guy moves fantastic. It's only time for Ric Flair to have that rematch. Sting versus Rick one more time. Time, time will tell if we're going to be getting that. But we rolled right into another another hot and energetic match, which was Sammy G versus Sean Spears. These these guys tore it up. This match I liked a lot. I would give Spoon an A. It yeah. was, there were a lot of really good spots in this. It was a nice highlight between the two. It's Sean Spears is willing to take a ton of losses. And we talk about... Again, it's not necessarily about wins and losses when wins and losses don't matter. But when Sean Spears, before when they were opening this up, when Sean Spears first debuted, and he was just eating defeat in matches that really didn't matter. And it was like, this guy is going to be irrelevant. Right. And he's come in here, he's cut much better promos. His thing made me laugh, and it's, it's disrespectful. And it was supposed to be disrespectful, but it made me laugh because I just didn't expect the off-the-cuff promo from him when he said that that it was a shame almost in a way or he congratulated Sammy on getting married getting engaged and he's like man it's slim pickings here in Houston though huh and like I thought that was like such a shot and I really laughed and it was funny it was but it was it was such a shot and I was like that's that's heat it's nice yeah he says that they go out there Sammy's pissed he just had the big engagement congratulations happy for Sammy that's awesome this match is great they did a top rope jumping cutter which was, like, great. They did the big spot outside the ring on the guardrail. was the uh, Death Valley driver, I believe, he gave him. They get back in the ring. He does a 630 and still kicks out. No, this was, this was my match of the night. Um, they absolutely killed it out there. And like you said, uh, Sean Spears is on the up, despite yeah. the loss. I mean, no, he's... no, he, he's willing to take losses, and he's still very relevant. His promos are relevant. Yeah. I buy into what he's doing. Of course, I like Sean Spears, but I buy into what he's doing. He's still part of the pinnacle. It doesn't feel like these losses are hurting him at all. No, not, feel not like by any all. means. And, you know, it, it, Sammy Guevara just gets the rub out of it. We'll see what comes with Sammy, because, again, Sammy's kind of one of those guys. This is the problem right now in AEW. It is, and I say this every week. These guys are stuck. These belts don't move hands, so these guys are sitting in limbo right now. What does Sammy Guevara do? There's nothing for him to do. Well, right now there's not not much because you've got the world title picture tied up with uh, Kenny and Christian. And then you've got TNT champion, the Redeemer, Miro, who is calling people out. Uh, Miro is making his own challenges, and he's going after Eddie Kingston next. Right, which is great. That, I mean, that that's that is good a character. Absolutely. He's deciding who he's Love challenging. It. He's not a chaser. He's not chasing the champion. He's the champion coming to find and redeem you, which is like the best character I think I've ever fucking seen. Maybe. Like, when have they ever done this? Maybe Sammy will get chosen at some point. Who gets redeemed? It's I, I mean, Eddie, you've you've sinned. You need to be. You are to be redeemed. This is top tier shit. This I mean, is this fantastic. is like, This is top level. This is the kind of stuff that people pitch, but you know, companies don't want to do because it just kind of breaks the mold of tradition. Where the champions don't find you, it's always kind of you find the. You know, people are challenging the champions. Champions just sit on top. But of the this is, if this is how it is going to continue, where like he's literally going to pick each and every one of his opponents, like, no one comes in and challenges Miro. Like, who is going to take it off of him? I think that's even more compelling to to think about. Um, not that I'm ready for him to necessarily lose right now based on, uh, based on the story that's being told, but, you know, he's going to choose an opponent that beats him? I don't know. I just think that's going to be po- really interesting That's an to interesting see. way to twist it. it you know, it kind of comes back to... You know, who knows what's going on? It's just, it's it's obviously, it's it's trolling at the highest extent. But you see on Twitter, you see like 
FTR, right? You see, like, Dax talk about how, you know, he's out, maybe. Whatever the comment was. It could be trolling on the top level. But, you know, you're talking about a tag team that's stuck. And this is what's happening, and this is what I've been saying, and you're going to see this happen in AEW when I said you cannot have a carryover. I said on Rampage before this, you can go back how many weeks? Four weeks? Five weeks? Maybe six weeks. I don't remember when I said it, but you need to give. You cannot have the same guy wrestling Dynamite and Rampage. You can't do it. 2.0 got a spot on Dynamite and a spot on Rampage. FTR has not been around. Obviously, of course, Cash busted his arm open. You don't want that. But when you're talking about individuals, because these tag team titles have been sitting on the Young Bucks for like 300 days... This is, I mean, it's the same crap, and I, I go, I repeat this a thousand times, and it's just, it talks, it's on deaf ears, you know what I mean? It's the same thing, but it's, it's this, when you don't have something to fight for, you just sit in, whatever, the, I don't know what the word is, it's like, it's a limbo, but you sit, there's another word for it, it's not mediocrity, that's not the right word, but, you know, you look at Proud and Powerful, you look at FTR, you go, well, where are they? Why aren't they involved? in? Because you don't want to give them losses. So they can't go into this tag team eliminator tournament because they, they don't, you don't want them to eat defeat. You want to keep them as top-tier wrestling tag team, mm-hmm. tag team wrestling. So you want to keep them in the top of the rankings. That's what I was trying to say. I got all discombobulated. But it's like you want to keep them right there. But they have to win matches. You can't put them in the eliminator. Right, But you're going to put guys like Jurassic Express over these guys. Who Jurassic Express is another tough one because Jungle Boy is a great worker but doesn't cut a great promo. Christian's kind of been carrying their momentum. You have Luchasaurus who's really just a hot tag. And that, that's it's no offense to him because he's exciting, he's fun to watch. He gets in, he does a couple of his spots, does his moonsault, everybody pops, and they go important. home. Hot tag yeah. is very important. And you have Marco Stunt who does his Marco Stunt stuff. But now you're going to be going to a cage match. Let's just say they win this eliminator tournament. And you're repeating now the same matches. This is what AW does so well. They just lost. That's the problem I have with this direction. Is So that's the next match of, of Dynamite, the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the AW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, Young Bucks retain. Now they're doing this Eliminator Tournament, which is cool because obviously we need a Tag Team Championship match at All Out and a Steel Cage stipulation. Love it. Absolutely I'm here for that. But. And I love the way that Tony sold it. The way they cut the promo back there, and they were, I think he was talking to the Lucha Brothers, right? Or he was talking to somebody. And I he's think like, it was the Lucha you're going to go yeah. for a chance to go to the cage. And the way that he said it is such a, it's such a way to magnify the importance of the cage. He's like, you have a chance to go to the cage. You got to get there. And I like that. That was a very good way of selling. But I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, no, you're... Yes, that that was that was great too. But now we've got the potential of Jurassic Express going again in a matter of of weeks. And I know you know you can make the argument, of course, that well, Kenny and Christian are doing the same thing. But as you put it, uh, last week or the week before, Christian beat Kenny once, and now he's the Impact World Champion. So going in to this AEW World Championship match, I mean, the stakes are just a little bit different now because, well, he beat him once, he can beat him again. Absolutely. And I, I think that that's, that's the point. Yeah. You beat him once, he can beat him again. You sell that story. So it doesn't story. feel as much as a repeat, as we, like an additional chapter? We know that he's not going to defeat Ke- Kenny Omega at all out. But you can sell it. You can tell the story and you can sell it and people aren't offended by it. People are because it's Christian he's 47 or something like that. But, you know, he tore it up on fucking Rampage. But that's irrelevant. But, but with this, it just it feels different. Jurassic Express lost to the Young Bucks. They're going into this tournament. Let's say they win. Well, they're going into this match, like the Steel Cage match. I, Why are they going to win? Why do I think they're going to win? I they're don't. They're not going to win. They are going to win. But they are going to win. That's the th- They are going to beat the Young Bucks in the cage match. The Jurassic Express is going to be the AEW World Tag Team Champions. If they're not, I have no idea what they're doing this for. I have no idea what they're doing this for. Do I think that Jurassic Express might get a little exposed working with some of the other guys if they are Tag Team Champions? It's possible. Because again, like I said, they are a very unique kind of tag team where Jungle Boy doesn't cut great promos. They want him to be a star, but he's so young, he's going to grow. 
but he doesn't cut great promos. He doesn't really carry a feud. Luchasaurus is kind of the hot tag that comes in for some of the small spots. It doesn't seem like a team that's going to be able to carry a championship for six months. I, yeah, and I think this may be my personal bias creeping in where this team and this move just doesn't necessarily engage me, especially being the ones to defeat the Young Bucks. Well, here's the problem is like, you know, young athlete mentality is if I have a championship, I'm valuable, I'm prestigious, I'm important. And when somebody holds the belt for a long time, it's this it's this like kid idea that the longer I have the belt, the better that I am. And that's just not true. It's simply not true. There's two parts to this. You don't need a belt to be relevant, but you also don't need to hold the belt for a long time to be considered better than the others. All the Young Bucks have done, and the same thing with the top championship too, this is the same conversation that we had, it was a big thing on Twitter, we did talk about it last week, all they've done is put everybody else in a standstill because they've held the AEW Tag Team Championships for 300 days. Everybody is just sitting around waiting for the opportunity to take the belt so that they can have stories. Because there's not enough time, there's too many wrestlers, there's too much happening, and right now, they're stuck. And I'm going back to the FTR thing, you're talking about a tag team that hasn't had a tag team championship match since the moment that they lost it, I'm pretty sure. And I might even be on to say that they've had less matches in a tag team form outside of some of the inner circle stuff than the Good Brothers have on television. The fuck are you doing? Why, like, why do the Young Bucks have to be champions for 300 days? I love them. I think they're great. Well, I but think it, it's not the young bucks. It's not that's the point. It's the guys holding the belts for so long just for the sake of saying that we did it because there's no payoff. You face the same routines. There's not many big matches. Now the young bucks have had big matches against people because they they are a little different than some of the other guys. The young bucks are the best tag team in the business. They are the best tag team in the world. And I think we talked about a while back too that's where this title reign did work where they are the best and kenny's the best so yeah you 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 have to beat the best to, to take maybe the that's bite, how the you should off. have sold the story where we talked about it what a year ago where maybe the bucks should have the belt multiple times yeah. and teams have to overcome the young bucks you know the young bucks are kind of the president of having the belt you right. know, they're, they're they're the standard so the Bucks have the belt for three months, four months. Somebody has to overcome the best tag team in the world. They win the championship for a couple months. Maybe the Bucks get it back. Or it goes to no, the Bucks get it back from them. Never, we, we've talked about that from the beginning. It's the constant battle of trying to get the tag team title away from the best tag team in the world. But it's not necessarily that they have to hold it for 500 days. It's the idea that the Bucks are five, six-time champions. Not right now. I mean, it's only been two years. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, right now, the Bucks could have been three-time champions from the start of this year in two years because they've taken it every couple times, and the guys have to overcome the best tag team, the most competitive tag team. It's supposed to be the most competitive division. All this yeah. is done has taken the most competitive and stacked tag team division and made everybody else look like they don't belong on the level of the Young Bucks. What it makes you feel like is that the Young Bucks are above and beyond, it, it, right now, they are above and beyond, Kenny and Hangman, above and beyond Proud and Powerful, FTR, Best Friends, Lucha Brothers, all of these tag teams. Because these guys can't get to the pinnacle. No pun intended. FTR wins the tag team titles for three months. That was fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Why couldn't why, why can't you have the tag team titles for three months, have a great match against the Young Bucks, drop it? There was nothing wrong with that. Nothing. This is starting to become a problem. And I said this, and I'm it's it's a personal opinion too, because people like it. It's turning me off. Yeah. I, I think I also convinced myself that, you know, fantasy booking, I wanted to see FTR and Proud and Powerful go at it for the championships with Proud and Powerful winning at Arthur Ashe, because hometown, of course. And it doesn't look like that's what we're going to be getting because what we are a month away from that show today, one month from today. And so it's like for me, just everything, like nothing's going to live up to that right it, now. It's, it's very difficult because, again, we need to see the Young Bucks on television. They're the big stars. They draw the audience. And I agree with it. I agree with it. But that's but what I don't agree with, like I said, 
is they don't have to be champions for 300 days to establish dominance. Establishing dominance is going out there and putting on the terrific matches like they always do and winning the championships back and having people having to overcome that level. They, they are the best tag team in the world and they have to overcome the Young Bucks to win these championships, which is a great story to sell. But it, it raises the level of competition to look and say, hey, look, it's not about flip-flopping these belts around. That's not what I'm saying. These belts don't have to move once a month. Right. It's just the stories have to be right. Right now, these have just been for the sake of being long. And they're filler, man. They are fucking filler. The AEW World Title Bat, this has been fucking filler. There's been, there's, shoot, been no legitimate match for Kenny Omega since the moment that he beat Moxley in that death match. Not one. How are you selling that on TV? It's terrible. Now, every, the thing about what AEW does, though, is that everything else is so good. That, you know, there's things that are bad. You know, I mean, CM Punk debuts. It's well, fantastic. You know, it's Jericho's labors a, are good. You it's know? really a match quality thing, as oh, we yeah. talk about. It's, the matches are are always enjoyable. But Always. You're always watching wrestling matches. I mean, yeah. you know, again, I, I complained that I was, I was shooting about... You know, Orange Cassidy going to that main event, the pay-per-view, whatever it was. It was a great match. Pack, Orange Cassidy, Omega was a great match. Uh, Pack and Cassidy, you know, they, they tear it up. They tore it yeah, up it was a revolution. Great that match was super fun. It's just... The match quality the, is never going to yeah, disappoint. N- exactly. It's just that the Young Bucks have been tag team champions for this long, and all these other guys are just sitting there. And now, like I said, it becomes, oh, it's your turn, oh, it's your turn. Instead of just having the guys who are you know, the president, the standards, winning the championship a couple times and having to be overcome. The quality of the pool is significantly more important than the length of a title run. That's it. You could diversify the pool amongst the elite levels of talent, five, six good teams, and make a very, very competitive division. Tell fantastic stories. And you can sell that for five years. People will keep buying into it. doesn't have to be this way. Got teams like Proud and Powerful have had one tag team championship match in two years. That's, yeah, it's puzzling. It's terrible, terrible, terrible booking. But look, this has been my gripe since day one. And it's, it's getting to the point, though. I, and I, I don't like to complain. We really don't because the show was very... The shows, Dynamites are very entertaining. They're very good shows. But man, it's gotten to the point where I am very dissatisfied with it. It's turning me off with what's going on. It very much is. And I again, you don't have to agree with me. It's okay. It's it's a it's a personal thing. When I watch it, it's it just it's Yeah. I hear you. Um moving moving along, uh, you know, we're talking about some puzzling circumstances. Right before the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express, we had Dan Lambert returning. Uh, cutting another scathing, energetic promo uh, to be interrupted by Lance Archer. So that was good. I thought this was... I, I enjoyed this. Like that they were continuing from their last meeting a, a while back on Dynamite. But what confused me was Lance Archer being attacked by the men of the year? Yeah, I don't know. That's no tag team that hasn't got a chance for anything yet. I don't understand. This is, I'm telling you, you're not, under, like, it's, look at it. This booking right now, this championship length of booking is tying these guys up, and they're going nowhere. They're standing still, and it's not their fault. The booking's bad. Booking for the titles is bad. It's holding all these guys at bay. It's limiting everything they're doing. Because the men in the year show up, obviously they've been gone for a minute, because well, you had to kind of sell, Ethan Page had to sell that coffin match. You had to do that. Oh, no, for sure, right. for sure. Why they showed up here, I don't know. For Lance know. Archer? I don't I, know. That's where I'm more no confused. No idea. We'll see what happens out of it. Why they were connected to Dan Lambert, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't understand it. Dan Lambert cut a great promo again. Junior Dos Santos was there. That's pretty cool. This whole segment was weird just because of that. We'll see. I, but, you know, I'm going to hold off on any type of judgment because you just kind of see what it may turn into. No, uh, yeah. Maybe the pieces have to you. fall into place. But I had a lot of questions that came out of it. Because uh, that was not the direction I was expecting. And hopefully we'll get answers. Yeah. But that's the type of segment that that happens for two minutes on a show, and then maybe on Rampage we get another two-minute clarification, and then we set up something for Dynamite. 
you know, it's kind of like that little that little thing. You kind of carry a little bit over, but you don't have to give them a wrestling match yet. You just kind of like, hey. Like little breadcrumbs. Well, yeah, just your little little trail, and you use the rampage now because it's coming up. You say, you know, I attacked Archer last week. Archer, we're meeting in the ring next week or whatever it is because I want a one-on-one match with you, whatever the story is, basic level stuff. But, you know, then you go to the, you know, you kind of sell, you kind of sow the seeds a little bit. Obviously, this rampage was just slightly different. Slightly different, and we will get there very shortly. Um, a couple things to end Dynamite. Paul White versus QT Marshall at All Out was announced. Why is this happening? I don't know. Uh, we talked about that last week. I know that, obviously, Tony and QT have had some beef going on. Um, Paul's coming to his friend's aid. This should be a quick one uh, in terms of the match itself. Right? Yeah. I feel I, like it has I, to be. I don't Maybe it's in the buy-in. I don't maybe. know why this is a match on a card. I don't know. This is a waste of somebody else's space. I, it's not against Paul. It's the QT thing. This means nothing. I mean, I like the angle. I mean, you know, it's the they're trying to sell the Roddy Piper story with the hip replacement and the big scar oh, and that's everything. Right. You know, that's I, right. I get that. I'm cool with that. I mean, it's a good story, but I mean, what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I confused by this little angle it started and I, I and then it went from like attacking his son to him like talking about his hip replacement this was this is fucking bad i mean like I, from the qt marshall standpoint this just doesn't make sense it's not that it's bad i mean it's fine qt marshall take a couple bumps got a you know team paul white's gonna clear through them all whatever it is but like the story just doesn't make any sense i have no idea what the fuck they're doing this is QT has been like this past couple. It's just been like his stuff's all over the place. Maybe it's not as much Cody as it was QT. His shit's all over the place. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Then we had Thunder Rosa versus Penelope Ford. Um, great to have both these ladies in action. Penelope's come such such a long way. And Penelope was almost like she wasn't dressed to wrestle. New gear, yeah. Um, I thought she was coming out to cut a promo at first, just because it was different than um. The gear that she's recently worn, but I liked it. All black everything. Good looking outfit. Oh yeah, I mean, the match is good. Good to see Penelope Ford back on TV. Of course, Thunder Rose is the biggest huge pop. That I mean, obviously she's from Texas, so I mean, you know, you get a big pop when you're home. But I mean, Thunder Rose is a big deal. They're going to get her back on title picture soon. Yeah, she's. I think she's climbing, climbing the rankings. They've done a nicer so. job with the women's division in terms of diversifying what they have in their main event level, where you kind of believe that all these people, when they have a chance to wrestle, have a chance to win. Yeah. You know, you have Nyla coming in there. You have Hikaru Shida. You have Riho. You have Britt Baker. Like the way that the they've pillars, done, as you the call way, them, are the expanding. The way that they've done the booking here, it's like it wouldn't be a big deal as much as Britt Baker's been so good. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the whole world to have a you know Thunder Rosa win at full gear or something. It right. wouldn't be the worst. It, it's it's they're doing it really nicely with the women's division right now. So that's yeah. You know, no, they kudos. I, it's very very well done. Very excited for the women's division and and for the future. Um, and just so happy to to have Thunder Rosa here full time. Um, she's fantastic, and you know we talked about that a few weeks back when she officially became all elite and. Um, I think today is actually the anniversary of her Dynamite debut. Um, so, very exciting. But that brings us to the main event of the evening of Dynamite, which was the fifth labor of Jericho. Yeah, we skipped over a little bit of the Jurassic Express Young Bucks match. We didn't really touch upon it. Match was very good. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that happened like in the middle of the show. The match was very, very good. But it was that type of thing where... They beat them clean. Well, it wasn't... I guess it wasn't clean. But, like, they beat them. And Nick Jackson's running around like a oh, maniac. Oh, yeah. How dare you? Because I he's breaking up all these spins. Nick put in he's, the work this it, week. It's like, you know, he comes out. He's bouncing all over the place. And it's like... It, the way that they sold it was like, God damn it, man. Like, <laughs> it was I he keeps saving this Nick, fucking match. Nick won the match. That it was, <laughs> it was, it was, fu- it was good. It was very good. But you know, they lose the match. Why? Like, why are we doing? Like, they they had their championship match and they lost. We can do something different. I'm not saying Jurassic Express can't come back in, but you know, why can't we just move on to somebody else? Well, I think that yes, I talked about my my biases, of course, but yeah, like they lost. You should go to the back of the line, right? And normally we do a top five. They're not. They're in the top four for this tournament, and it's just like, why are we? I don't know. It, it's. It, it's I, I, I. 
it's me. I, I just don't like it. It's not you. Because I'm sitting here saying the same thing. And you and I, as much as people may think, because, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're here together, we talk about it all the time, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. We really do not so when it, it comes it's, to wrestling. It's not you. And everybody who's sitting here with us, our friends, are saying the same thing. This, They're not booking this right, man. They're not doing it. And people are ignoring it because, for some reason, long title reigns for some people mean better. This is just, it's not being booked well. It wasn't booked well with Kenny and Hangman. It's not booked well with the Bucks. It's not being booked well. It's not being booked well. It's all filler. There's no competition. It makes everybody else look really bad. It's not booked well. It has nothing to do with the guys. It's when you tell a story, it makes people feel less significant. It's what WWE does sometimes. And right now, it's what WWE's doing with Roman Reigns. He's beating everybody, and everybody feels irrelevant. There's nobody who can beat him. What's the point? What's the point of having any wrestle on the entire roster if nobody can beat Roman Reigns? It doesn't make sense. It's, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, we digress. We get to Jericho and MJF, which I actually thought this was the wrong result. Jericho has to come out. They sing his theme song a cappella, and they Props fucking nail to Houston. Hell yeah. That was really, really cool and really impressive because it's there was no music to get them going. No, and, and they got on pace. Yeah. They stayed on cue. They came through it all. That Fantastic. was really what great. A, it was a very impressive moment. I mean, yeah. just to take a look back and just say, hey, these people in the audience put together a song version and sang it for Chris Jericho. That's an impressive feat. Yeah. Kudos. Yeah. That was an impressive feat. That was impressive to watch on TV. That was like... I know you were a little nervous. You're like, oh man, like I hope well, that... I to of course you good. wanted course, to go... Wanted to be, everyone yeah. wants it to go well, but like it, it was... I would say as flawless as it could have been, given the circumstance. They they absolutely nailed it. So good yeah, job, they Houston. Did an absolutely excellent job. And you you come back and you have this match, which I thought was the best match that Jericho outside of the Nick Gage match, the this is the best match Jericho had. Sean Spears match pretty good too. But this match was really, really good. And Jericho, I, I get it. Look, he's willing to cheat to win. He was mm-hmm. a baseball bat. Floyd. But he doesn't want to break the rules. You know what I mean? It's like people say, oh, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, you know, he's, he's willing to bend it. But he's like, ah, look, I'm a man of honor. Can't use Judas effect. I can use baseball bat. Well, Floyd is you can his, say I couldn't use baseball bat. <laughs> Floyd's his friend. So, I mean, listen. That's his buddy. And I'm fine with that. But I just thought that Jericho maybe needed a little bit of like a face run here. Because MJF can take a loss. He doesn't need... MJF's record is like impeccable. Yeah. For a guy at like 25 years old right now who's got a long time ahead of him, I don't want this to turn into something where MJF is kind of force-fed down our throats for a long time and we start rejecting him, and instead of having heat, it becomes go-away heat. Right. Because this is that kind of thing that people, like, I mean, you guys, this is just speculation, but it's one of those things that you look at, like, guys in the WWE, right? When they pick the guy that they're like, hey, this is going to be the guy. We just talked about Roman. Right. And you kind of keep letting them win it, and they do it at a young age, and they're around for a very, very long time. People no longer want to see them in the same roles. MJF's new right now. Listen, we all cheered John Cena in the beginning. I cheered John Cena forever, but we all cheered John Cena in the beginning. But when you get to that point, you know, there's got to come a point here where maybe he gets some serious go-away heat instead of getting booze. Because it becomes redundant. Yeah. I just thought in this spot, I'm not worried about that. They, they, they're way off from that. No, 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 but it's, that's that. one of those long-term things where it's like, I don't want to see that happen. But I just thought maybe Jericho needed a win here just because he's taken a lot of losses. Obviously, Sammy Guevara did win the stadium stampede, but he's taken a lot of losses. Match was really good. Jericho endured all the labors, and he gets to the point where he needs maybe a little face run here. And you kind of see him maybe, you know, doing some things outside of it, you know, working with some other guys, kind of, you know, because a lot of heels, a lot of heels coming in the AEW right now, and I thought maybe it could work. Doesn't mean he can't. You know, Jericho said he's going to be going back to the drawing board and kind of figuring it out, and he'll be super over with the audience, and, you know, Jericho's the man of reinvention. Oh, yeah. This match was very good. If anyone can reinvent themselves, it is absolutely Jericho, but I just hope that we are now moving forward. Um, I originally thought that these labors were going to get us to all out. They are finished. 
let's... Which is odd to kind of think, like, maybe MJF and Jericho don't have matches at all out. But, like, Paul White's fighting QT Marshall. Like, this is weird, right? So they did announce, um, I believe it was AEW who plugged it, but I saw it on either Twitter or Instagram, but Fozzie's going to be touring all out weekend. Not, like, like the Thursday and Friday or the Wednesday and Thursday. In Illinois, though. In Illinois. Yeah. So, um, you know, they'll they'll be there. Uh, obviously, the card is still coming together. We've got two Dynamites, two Rampages. So there's there's four shows, um, you know, to add to our, our all-out card. But I don't know. As much as I, I talked earlier, I, I want to see FTR and, and, and P&P go at it for the tag championships. Like, I think I'm over the... MJF Jericho saga of this yeah, story. Yeah, that's got to end. Like, I mean, it's been six months. It's got. It's, we got. We got to conclude this. We can move away from Pinnacle Inner Circle altogether, but like the Jericho and MJF, I I would like to. Yeah, this kind of feels like it was drag, dragging on a little. To bit. move along, but um, we're done with it. It's wrapped up. We'll see what we're getting. We're getting Andrade versus Pack. That I'm super excited for. We're getting for. the big reveal, which is coming up right now. We're getting Darby Allen versus CM Punk. So Rampage. Now I'm getting <laughs> emotional talking about that. I can't believe this is real. So Rampage starts, and they do an absolutely tremendous job. It was it was a... I was talking to Ashley about this, because it's something that she's not necessarily familiar with. And it was very similar to when, you know, Hogan had come back, when WCW had folded, the NWO had come back, and WrestleMania 18, Hogan is the face. Hogan overtakes The Rock. Toronto wants to see Hogan. They're happy to see Hogan. This is their hometown childhood hero. And the next night, WWE just decides, you know what, Vince says, hey, look, just send them out there. They're going to want to see Hogan all night, right? They're going to want to do this all night. Just send Hogan out there. Hogan comes out to open the show on Raw, and they stand there for 10 minutes and just cheer the childhood hero they haven't seen in 10 years. And it was just a tremendous moment in the history of wrestling to watch it. And, you know, you see Hogan standing out there like, God damn. And it's the, it was the exact same recreation. It was the right move. It was, it was something that you had to anticipate and hope that this is the how they were going to do it. Yeah, but and it, I, I told you about that. We watched how many videos of it? Because I was telling you this is how they should well, do it. Well, because the whole, you know, the whole day, obviously the rumors have been occurring for a couple weeks at this point CM Punk is all elite they announced the United Center I mean why are you announcing the United Center right before all out I mean all signs pointed to CM Punk but I was like I'm not going to believe it until I see it don't want to get my hopes up and be disappointed but that whole day we were talking you know how are they going to do it? Where is he? If he's here, where is he going to appear? You have to start the show that way, but do you end it? Uh, you know, with the matches, there was nowhere on the card where he would have fit in because we had the Darby Allen spot. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, I we watched that moment. I think Hogan it's just moment. our brain. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Hogan moment. And I was like, that's what, that's the first thing I thought of when we were talking about this for weeks, for two weeks. The thought was, it's going to, they have to do it that way. This crowd was going to be ravenous. And it's our brain on the E when you keep thinking about, oh, someone's got to come in and get like a cheap heat from it. No, well, was, you don't. Our one don't friend was like, it's got to be MJF. You no. Can't, no you, it's your brain on E. It's <laughs> God. Not, it's, it's, that, it's That's what it's like because you, you're, you're processing this the other way. The fans are ravenous. They're going to eat the show. At the end of the show, they were booing Darby Allen to get CM Punk back out. And the only reason why they didn't turn completely was because Sting was there. And you're like, ah, I can't boo Sting. Yeah. But this was just as flawless, iconic a moment as you could have had. I mean, they... they give a moment with commentary to introduce the show and introduce the big announcement and... I'm sure you know, everyone's watched the video at this point. That's got nearly four million views. I think with all the videos combined, you get the crowd just chanting CM Punk on repeat, call to personality hits, and the arena loses its shit. Well, they let them build. They let yeah. them delay. Give you a minute, settle in. Commentary finishes. You let them kind of do the thing. That's exactly. But it's exactly. It's literally. Watch, again, like I said, just go on. You can literally Google it. Just uh, Hulk Hogan returns uh, night after WrestleMania 18. 
Lillian Garcia introduces Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and that's it. She just stands there. It's all quiet. He comes out. crowd goes absolutely insane. Why? That's their hometown hero. That's the guy, the childhood hero. They grew up. This is what He's the guy that got them into wrestling. Yeah. And it's the same thing with CM Punk. This is a guy who it's crazy to think. Because, I mean, again, we've been watching wrestling for so long. We watched the entirety of CM Punk's WB career. So it's, you know, I've watched CM Punk since he rode the fucking rails of ECW, right? Well, yeah, but I watched him since he rode the rails of the fucking John Cena car at WrestleMania. 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this is, that. that's how long we've been watching him. So that's for people, literally when I started watching. Yeah, people didn't watch WWE with CM Punk because it was 10 years ago, seven years ago, but it was 10 years ago when he was Summer of Punk, when he was the world champion at Money in the Bank. I was at that show and that was, that was something special in and of itself just to be a part of that crowd but this was a moment as much as it's of course similar to the hogan reception i mean it's its own unique moment an organic it was moment bigger than the hogan pop i mean it was bigger than that reception was but louder yeah it's louder than the reception i mean it was, that was a bigger but it was seven there was the same amount of people seventeen thousand people in toronto that day there was like seventeen thousand people last night or friday night i'm sorry and this was a Massive, monumentous moment. Shook the wrestling in world. Professional wrestling. Shook up uh, the, the media streams. I mean, this was like all anyone was talking about this weekend. I woke up on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Couldn't believe it was real. I it, mean, just. It wasn't. It's not social media. It was major mainstream media yeah, pickups. Everywhere. ESPN, Sports Illustrated, CBS, NBC. This was massive. You had like your mom was talking to us about it and she she watches wrestling every now and then, but you know, she's not like us, like following it every single week and she's like, So what happened? You know, that caught her attention. Um I- I'm telling my my parents and my friends about it who aren't really into wrestling and, and they're asking me, like, this was this was huge on so many levels. It it's a moment where pieces fall into place. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where you wondered, and WWE tried to bury it. Oh, it's, you know, what are they going to care about the UFC? Listen, wrestling fans don't give a shit about UFC. If you think that Brock Lesnar coming back was because he was in the UFC that the fans cared about him, are you fucking kidding me? Brock Lesnar left WWE like eight years before he returns. They wanted to see Brock Lesnar. They didn't give a shit what he did in the UFC. You try to convince other people, even though you know the truth, because WWE knows the truth. They try to make it public that, you know, they're not going to care about him. Okay. You know, he's, he's a hothead, he's a pain in the ass. Okay. I mean, look, he was 0-2 in UFC and embarrassed himself. They knew it was going to be massive. They knew it. They're just trying to downplay it to everybody else, to try to hope that, that these people will believe what they're saying. They didn't believe it. This is professional wrestling. There's two different fan bases. If you think they care... Yeah, there's carryover, of course. UFC's a good show to watch. But, I mean, it's professional wrestling. It's CM Punk. He's a professional wrestler. He is professional wrestling, uh, and so... And he's, he's a guy who stood up for so many feelings. And, I mean, as he addressed Chicago and he addressed the people at home, I mean, 2005, he left professional wrestling... 2021, he's back in professional wrestling. And after what SummerSlam was, he's right. I mean, that's what it's what it is. You watch what SummerSlam was. You probably paid Logan Paul for tonight and tomorrow the same amount of money you could have paid three people's salary for the year. But we had to see Logan Paul on TV for two minutes, and he gets booed out of the building. Wrestling fans don't care. They like wrestling. They don't care. They like wrestling. They don't give a shit if CM Punk makes B-level horror movies. They don't give a shit if CM Punk gets waxed in UFC. They want to see him come back to professional wrestling and cut promos and do what he does best, and that's what they did. And the fact that this is the guy, of course, the chants are really, you know, whether or not you wanted to see CM Punk, it was about the displeasure of what was happening on the screen in WWE. Well, it was what he, he stood for stood relative for, stood to for WWE. for the anti-corporate, the yeah. anti-crap. That was what his representation was supposed to be. And you wonder maybe sometimes, maybe in WWE they do, 
whether or not the audience actually wants to see him or if they just like to use him as the scapegoat. Well, I fuck. They prove that. <laughs> they wanted they wanted to see him and and more and he's here. And it it felt I can't even I can't even describe it. I mean, of course, the AEW um panning the, the audience and you got that passionate CM Punk fan who's shown crying who people are making fun of on the internet which is not okay at all no it's because that was all of us yeah of course it was and if you think that i'm not going to be sobbing at all out you're fucking wrong <laughs> my first wrestling show in over a year i mean this is what we live for like i am absolutely going to be crying and at it has that show. the main event the paper I, because think. i don't know how the audience will come back from that well, that's what happened at Rampage. Of course, this is how the show starts. It was flawless. Punk looked fantastic. He was he emotional. Great, didn't he? Everyone was emotional. Um, he sits down, finds CM Punk style, and he just speaks from his heart. And you could tell that he was so happy to be here. And he touched on his past and then some of the decisions he made and how he got here. And it felt like it was just raw and unscripted and just him talking to us ready to start this this new journey and the audience obviously everyone loved it but of course you never you... know you know when you come back for him 7 years away you don't not the audience but you don't really know you, you know cuz you're at home you're kind of like do i really want to do this do i want to commit to this do i want to go back into this because when you're away for something for so long it becomes tough sometimes to make a decision because your life becomes normal. Do I want to change the routine? Do I want to uproot? Do I want to do something so different? Do I want to go back to what it was that maybe I lost? And I think when he showed up, it was like, now, you know, it could even be the other way around where you say, you know, he's got a couple of shows every year. He's going to wrestle a bunch. He's got a bunch of pay-per-views. Now he's probably like, oh, I'll just keep going. Because you feel this you moment just, and you're like, oh, I, I do this. When he knelt down on the stage and was looking around, it was like, whole, like you could just see him soaking it in. And I don't know if anyone expected that magnitude. Like, I think we knew it was going to be huge, but that was just, it was just You hope that it could go and sustain and it was the right time and the right place in a building that nobody uses. Yeah. They sell out the biggest venue in Chicago outside of Wrigley and Soldier Field and, uh, I don't know what they changed. U.S. Cellular to something else. I don't know. I'm not a Sox fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't know what the name of the is. I don't is. know. But I, they've changed I actually, the name a handful of times. So I but, don't know that. You know, I mean, this is a, a massive, massive venue. It's a big deal. It's in the heart of the city. Now, I'm not saying Wintrust wasn't a nice venue, though. Wintrust was very nice. But, but look, the, the United Center is United synonymous Center is, with uh, yeah, Chicago. And, you know, of course, WWE runs the Allstate, which is actually probably a better venue for people in the suburbs to get out to. Uh, and now Arena, of course, out in the Hoffman Estates, Schaumburg, wherever the hell it is. It's out in the boonies. Hoffman Estates. It. It's out in the boonies out there. You got to drive out there. Uh, it is not Chicago. You No, you it, is, it is a hall. Right about that. It is It is suburbs. But, but you know, that, as you talked about with, you know, are, are Darby and, and Punk going to main event all out? I mean, I, I don't think that would be a bad decision because with Rampage, after his debut I, everyone seemed enthusiastic but like how can you focus on anything else you know afterward no and and you know it's it's tough because after that you came the first round of the eliminator tournament which was jurassic express against private party mm -hmm. match was solid they've been working recently a lot together jungle boy and, and uh mark quinn jungle boy as a cats these guys have been working together on dark and stuff so i saw a couple of things with them so I mean they, I'm sure they're getting comfortable with one another I mean these guys are the future so you're talking about these guys they're gonna yeah. be around for a long time hopefully in AEW doing what they do best so you know this match kind of it takes second fiddle in a way but Jurassic Express of course wins they move on to the second round of the tournament it's gonna be Varsity Blondes versus Lucha Brothers next which is I'm we'll see when that comes out but I mean on Dynamite I believe yeah, and then I, I think this coming Rampage is the finals I have no idea but we'll see how it ends up tying together and if Jurassic Express does go which I expect and I expect him to win it but we'll see I mean look it's going to be a unique match obviously they'll have time to build it together but it'll be a unique match in the cage because look Luchasaurus is good for the hot tag he's good for what he's what he's good for we'll see what he does in the cage see how they do when they put it together so 
We'll see how it all turns out at the end. Obviously, you had Jade Cargill versus Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan gets a television debut. This match was like five minutes, though. There wasn't a lot of time left. No, Punk, uh, Rampage being an hour. I mean, yeah. um, Punk went, what, 15, 20 minutes? He was long. It was like 10, 30, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you have the, like this, but this match was short, and then Moxley, Daniel Garcia was short. It was a dominant showing for Jade, which is, is good for her at this point. I Just continuing I, to yeah, build her just, character. Just the, this, the same old, same old. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with Kira Hogan. I don't know if she's signed or not. Obviously, she, uh, we watched her in Impact a couple times. She was tag team champion. Uh, but we'll see. I, I believe she was with Tasha Steels. They were, wow, they tag team Fire and Ice or something. Fire and something, uh, something like that. So you know, they, she's over here now. Uh, we'll see. I don't, she said she's a free agent, so maybe she's not signed yet. Maybe that's why she's kind of in the in the role she's in. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, you know, get screen time on t- on live television is good. So I mean, anyway, shape or form for young athletes. Uh, then you get to Daniel Garcia having a match against Moxley. Match was decent, five minutes, but it was actually a good match. We let you know Daniel Garcia kind of you know take out Moxley's knee. They worked that for a while. Yeah, he takes the loss. Darby and everybody comes out. Ends up in a big brawl. Fans want to see CM Punk. That's not quite what they were going to do, but they were kind of unhappy with Darby Allen. And that's what that's what I'm saying. That's... This is tough. It's a tough situation where you have two baby faces because you don't want Darby to lose that. But maybe. Maybe they can go in a different direction with Darby. We'll see. But, you got to let it naturally flow sometimes. And, you know, of course you can't boo Sting, can't boo Mox, but, but you know, like, they were kind of getting edgier. Punk said there's nothing more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk in Chicago. Uh, he put over Britt Baker, which was really fucking cool. Um, but I, I don't know that the fans are going to... Yeah, they might. Well, no, I... In Chicago, that's that's one thing. Like like but Britt Baker. The problem is when that's the display, it might carry over. Britt Baker's carrying over. She's over now. I mean, she's over. She's always been over. But I mean, it's carrying yeah. over. Like the pops are big. So I mean, it's look. It it could happen. It might have to go in a different direction here. But it's one of those things that you let it naturally happen and you yeah. see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, Darby could do great things as a heel. It'll be hard to keep him a heel. But you know, if it, but if that's it, if where it turns or whatever AEW it is. does a nice job of keeping things organic, like you said, where it'll go the direction yeah, it has to. Yeah, let it to. fly. Yeah, let it fly. But that was, I mean, that was the talk of the town. That's the talk of the weekend, and he will be on Dynamite next week, uh, making his official official Dynamite debut. Yeah, in Milwaukee, which I feel good for those guys because I remember seeing how many times they got rescheduled that show. So Milwaukee's yeah. finally getting the show that they've been waiting for for like yeah. over a year, which is our Newark show, which is coming in September. So Yeah, less than a month away at this point. I mean, I don't know. Is CM Punk bigger than the, the Brock Lesnar with a ponytail edge? For me? I'm just kidding. It was yeah. absolutely <laughs> Um, they're They're very, very different. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's been it's, seven years. Yeah. Now, this was a, a monumentous professional wrestling moment. Seven years to a different company. Yeah, because he, it, it's funny in the end because we didn't know if it was ever going to happen. Nobody knew. But he stood. Like, he, he did said what, what he, he said what he said, and he stood for what he meant. And yeah. he went to the company that stands for what it was that he, he was trying for. to create. Exactly. And that's enormous. That is, there's so much respect as much as people disrespected Punk, and there's obviously there's ups and downs and the way he made people feel, and he knows that. Yeah, he talks course. about that. But it's the the up and down of the whole circumstance, and it's like, you know, but he made it to, it came full circle, and he made it to the place that he was supposed to go. And all we can do now is look forward. Yeah, like he said, you know, if you try to understand where I was coming from, like, we're going to do this together, and I'm glad that he seems to be in a better place now. Um, in terms of like his well-being, like he touched on, and uh, also just actually being in AEW, and I hope that he can accomplish everything that he sets out to do. Um, I just still can't believe that this is the world that we're living in. It's it's fucking crazy. Well, with them, we won't hold you any longer. It was a long podcast, a lot to talk about, a lot of CM Punk. I apologize for those because we always kind of plug our little like you know business card. I haven't been able to access our web's uh, email in a long time. What? I lost the password for it. So Dude. I, re- I thought I was ch- I thought I had it open and it was been closed forever. So I really don't know if anybody's been inquiring. So I apologize. Well, I'll yeah, I'm sorry. Rich is the <laughs> one that handles the email. I, I thought it was open for so long, like at, you know, on my 
computer just thinking, oh, I never got, like, we weren't, I wasn't getting any notifications. Like, man, it's really dead. Like, man, it's been really, really dead. I haven't been logged in like three months. So on that note, we are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram. Apparently those are the easier way to reach us. Uh, we are at Dojo and Dynamite, or no, we are Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. If Rich can get the password reset. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, we have gotten nothing. I'm like, man, this is like dead. This is crazy. Oops. Yeah, oops. You didn't tell me that. No, because I didn't realize it. Dude. I just figured it out like two days ago. Not good. I was like, well, shit. That's why I haven't seen anything. Our bad. Uh, but we'll be back later next week with another episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs>